when you drill a well, where you can get groundwater, uh, everything changes. When because when you, when you drill a well, it, it's not just you've drin- drilled a well and it's finished. The well is the beginning. The well is the beginning of hope. It's their ability to build a future. It's it's the beginning of community getting stronger. Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And with just a few weeks left of the Christmas season, we thought this would be a great time to introduce you to a tangible and eternal impact that you can have on people around the world. Each year, Samaritan's Purse creates a Christmas catalog that highlights different programs that meet physical and spiritual needs around the world. I sat down with my kids this year, and we went through the Christmas catalog together. I asked them each to pick out a program that they wanted to learn more about and possibly give to a family member or friend this year. It was so fun to hear what my my kids were passionate about, to teach them about the power of giving. After our conversation, I was able to get on the phone with several of our staff members around the world to get their perspective on these life-changing gifts that my kids wanted to know more about. Wow, you can draw a well in that? You can draw a well? Yeah, why, why would we have to draw a well in a community? Because in some communities, they have to walk hours just to get to the water, and plus it's dirty, so when they mm-hmm. bring it back, it's all disgusting, and they have they have to boil it, and then they have to, they have to all, like, save it because mm-hmm. they don't want to just burn through it. So they're usually dehydrated. Right. Yeah, one of my favorite interviews was a, a boy that got a shoebox in Africa, and he mentioned he had to walk two hours to the well. And so how great if a, a well was drilled in his village so he didn't have to waste four hours of his day getting water. And so, yeah, the well drilling is an awesome program. After one of my boys chose to give to clean water, I had the chance to talk with Barry Jessen, our country director in Cambodia. We have clean water projects all over the world, but Cambodia has one, and he was able to talk about how drilling a well creates a ripple effect and has the power to completely change a community. Can you talk to me about uh, drilling wells and just the water program that you all do in, in Cambodia? The climate here is such that we have a wet season for about two to three months, where pretty much the middle of the country is underwater. Uh, but then immediately after that, we go into an extended dry season for around nine months where large large areas of the country literally have no water. Uh, and, and what that means is that any livelihood, any vegetable garden or any chickens or any pigs, by the time you're halfway through the year, all of that is gone. Without a permanent water source, people have got nothing to fall back on. Uh, but when you drill a well, where you can get groundwater, uh, everything changes. Because when, when, when you drill a well, it, it's not just you've drin- drilled a well and it's finished. The well is the beginning. The well is the beginning of hope. It's their ability to build a future. It's, it's the beginning of community getting stronger. So, so what we, we do is we identify communities that are dry uh, and we go in and do ground surveys and start drilling wells. Once you've got water, then immediately you've got clean drinking water. So immediately your your diarrhea and disease drops down. So children don't miss as many days school. So education increases, like enrollments at schools start to increase. Um, You get the ability then because 
the wells that we drill are not just holes in the ground that have water. Uh, we do tanks with them and complete piping reticulation systems. So we drill a well and we pipe water to houses the same as you do. Like, so for the first time in these people's lives, they, they turn on a tap in their house and water comes out. Uh, so there's no more walking to wells. So then you can, you can water your garden. You can keep your pigs alive. You can keep your chickens alive. Uh, the elderly and the sick have got as much access to water as the strong and healthy. Uh, and so all of a sudden the whole dynamic of the village starts to change because water's available. Uh, I think the best, the best representation I can give you of a well is it the difference it makes. It's the same difference, the same life that you get when you accept Jesus. It's that same transformation when a well arrives in a village. I can imagine that transforms a village. And like you said, the effects are great. You know, people aren't getting sick. People aren't, you know, having to travel. And so it doesn't just give them water. Um, it gives them hope. So you mentioned a little bit about how you choose the communities to put a well in. Um, is this all run through the local church? How do you find the communities that need a well? Cambodia is going through a process of trying to get the whole country access to clean water. So pretty much all the easy villages have been done. And so we, we go to all the hard places. That's one of the things we love about this program because we can go into an area that doesn't have a strong Christian presence and explain what we're doing. And people look at us like we're crazy people. Like you're not going to drill a well. It's not going to work. Other people have tried. Uh, you're going to abandon us like everybody else has. And, and we just continue working. Uh, we pray with them, even though they, they may not yet be believers. And then lo and behold, God over and over works a miracle and wells appear. Water comes up. Um, it's, it's so predictable that one of our favourite drilling crews that we started with five years ago who were not Christian are now all solidly Christian just because they've seen the number of times that the staff would come and pray around the drill rig in an area where they know there's no water and then water. And I love that. I didn't even think about the drilling teams that you work with not being believers, but but actually receiving Christ because they they see the changes happening and the and and yeah the miraculous. So even miracles, they say we can't do this, you know. And God provides a way, and so I just love that. Okay, so Hunter, you liked a lot of the projects, and you were like me, wanted to do all of them. Which one do you want to know more about? The hot meal for a child. The hot meal for a child. Wow. Why why the hot meal for a child? Because some kids don't have any food, so I want them to have food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about that here with, with COVID-19. And even kids within our state are hungry. And so your school, what does your school do for hot meals? In the cafeteria, they cook food. And when it's lunch, we walk in and then we get our food. Mm -hmm. So your school's been really big on providing breakfast and lunch for kids in our county. But, but there's some countries that don't have schools like that. And they don't have programs that really want to get these kids hot meals and good nutrition. So do you want to know more about that program? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Because you know what it's like if you have a hungry belly and you live in a cold place, 
that can be really hard. So a hot meal, so Samaritan's Purse has a program that provides hot meals for kids around the world. Eric Huxley, the country director for Columbia, told me more about how giving hot food to a child is making a significant impact. Um, but what lately has been affecting uh, Colombia has been the, the, the situation in Venezuela. So you kind of have to understand what's going on in Venezuela to understand why Samaritan's Purse is, is here in, in Colombia. Um, so in Venezuela, um, as a lot of folks uh, know, um, they've kind of been in uh, a sustained economic decline for, for quite a while now, uh, for uh, at least 10 years. Since about 2015, uh, over 5 million Venezuelans have left the country. So Colombia has really kind of borne the brunt of this massive exodus of, of folks from Venezuela. Um, and um, a lot of the folks that are coming out of Venezuela are, are in desperate need of just basic humanitarian assistance, um, food and clean water and basic medicine and basic health care. Um, so that's essentially what um, compelled Samaritans First to launch an office here uh, in Colombia is to set up right along the border and, and provide that that humanitarian assistance to, to folks coming uh, across the border. It brings tears to my eyes to hear that. And that's something that I want to talk to you about today because I, I sat down with Catalog with my kids and we were, yeah. you know, shopping for our family members. And, you know, I had each one pick out a program that meant a lot to them. And one of my kids, my seven-year-old, he chose the hot meals and he wanted to know more about them. Talk to me about this program and how it directly impacts the the families and the communities in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In the current context here on the border with with uh, Venezuela, what we're experiencing is this is this this consistent influx of migrants from Venezuela, and they're 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 transiting through um, the border region where where, where we're located, uh, and they're carrying everything they have on their backs, and, and they're leaving a really desperate situation where they didn't have consistent food or access to food, and they're hungry and they're suffering from malnutrition, and so they're transiting through uh, the border region. And they literally don't have the resources to procure, produce uh, their their own food. Um, and so, what Samaritan's Purse is doing through our, our, our shelter network is we're we're working with these migrants in transit, and we're providing uh, hundreds of them uh, with hot meals every single day. Uh, and uh, you know, to pull something like that off at the scale that that we're working, we, we've we've provided over two hundred thousand beneficiaries uh, with food since two thousand nineteen. That's we fed. 200,000 people since 2019 through our, our shelters and our hot meal program. To pull that off, it, it requires a, 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 you know, a lot of organization. Um, I often joke because my kids, before the pandemic, they would go out every Friday night with me to the shelter and they would serve food and they would get a great thrill out of that. They got to you know, put all the, the equipment on, the, the gloves that were way too big and the masks that covered their entire face. Uh, and they you know, got to hand out the food. But I would always love to talk to them about all the work that the Samaritan's Purse staff here in Columbia has gone, has done to, 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 to get to that point, to provide that, that meal uh, to, that, to, that, to that migrant in transit, um, you know, creating a safe space for those women and children to, to be able to, to eat in peace and know that, you know, all the risks that they might encounter out on the road when they're transiting weeks to where they need to get to go you know, they, they, that all, that's all outside. They're, they're safe inside the shelter. They have a safe space for their kids to run around and play, to color. Uh, and then more importantly, a, a safe place to, to just learn about the gospel. Um, and just to see our staff doing all the work um, to kind of create an environment that not only is just kind of like well-run, you know, logistically, but also is, is a warm and inviting environment where they can get a smile, 
a hot meal, a place to sit down, uh, you know, coloring book for their kids, and then to be able to get an encouraging word and encouraging message. And, and that's just the staff kind of planting seeds along the way and, and, and seeing the incredible work of God kind of uh, playing out uh, in, in that context. And yeah, that's why I want to bring awareness to this program because um, it might sound, not sound like much, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. Do you have a story of, of a child or a family that, that really meant a lot to you? I'm not sure there's many, but is there one you'd be able to share? Yeah, so, you know, whenever I, I head to the shelter, uh, I'm automatically drawn to the, the fathers. Uh, like I said, I have two young children myself, uh, 10 and 8. And so we get a lot of families that pass through our shelters, husband and wife, two, three, four kids. And so I'm automatically drawn to the fathers. It's something I can relate to. Um, so I was there this past Sunday night, actually, I was at the shelter and uh, I was sitting with the family, a husband and wife, you know, very committed husband and wife with their three boys. Uh, I think they were ages like four, six and 11. Uh, and I was sitting outside of the, sh- outside of the shelter with them because they were waiting to, you know, get into the shelter and then receive their, their warm meal. Uh, and they were super excited to receive the meal. And I'm sitting with the family and then one of our, our staff kind of comes by and hands me a, a children's Bible, kind of like, hey, Eric, make yourself useful, like do something with this family. Don't just sit there with them. And so uh, I, I opened the children's Bible and I was sitting there with the entire family while they're waiting for their food. And we just started going through the Bible. Uh, it was likely going to take them several days, if not a whole week of walking to get to where they needed to go. But just in that moment, I could just sense that they were at peace and resting and just feeling safe. Uh, and just excited to receive something simple like a hot meal that they probably hadn't received in, in quite a while. So that that was a, a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love how you said, I can't relate to them fleeing and, and to their hard situation, but I can relate to them as a father. And I think that's encouraging for everyone listening because I think sometimes we think, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to minister in this time. But you're right. There is a commonality um, with, with all humans, but especially parents to parents, um, kids to kids. And Hannah, which program sticks out to you? Um, the soccer ball and the sports balls mm. programs mm-hmm. because we have so much just in our garage that could support who knows how many people. And it just means so much. And it's crazy that some people have to just make use socks as a soccer ball or mm-hmm. trash and mm-hmm. cans. So yeah, Hannah's our soccer player. She loves soccer and she's gotten to travel and hand out shoeboxes and you've gotten to see what a shoebox does to a kid. I mean, what we, we get excited too, but wh- what do they do when they get a, sh- a soccer ball? Their face, their face just lights up first, just seeing even just a small letter from a person. And then when they see that ball, they, they light up with excitement and they, some even started crying and they didn't even mm. understand that, that that is for them because they're so used to sharing or growing up mm-hmm. with having to give other people their items um, that they get. You can't almost find a community in rural Liberia where there isn't a, a soccer field. Um, and that's not to say that there's soccer balls to go along with it. Um, sometimes maybe there is if, you know, people can pool their money and buy a soccer ball, but it gets so overused that it doesn't last very long. So, yeah, I've seen I've seen children be creative and do anything with um, rolling up like a T-shirt, like a long sleeve T-shirt into making some kind of ball that they can play with. Um, so... A soccer ball just just brings people out. It brings people together. It allows um, kids to play. 
it even brings out spectators and just that camaraderie and fun in the community and having that outlet for recreation, which is, which is so important when there is so, um, just very limited options to have that recreation. And then just the way we use it in our programs really, um, you know, as a tool to just introduce people to who Jesus is and um, the message of the gospel. That's Elisa. She serves as our senior program manager in Liberia. Liberia is just one of the many countries that gives the gift of sports equipment in the Christmas catalog. This program is $8, and it just has story after story of a simple gift making a long-lasting impact. We, we implement a project in Liberia that's called Active Fellowship. And really, it just gives children and youth the opportunity to come together through sport and play and to fellowship. Um, they learn about the gospel. They learn leadership and life lessons. They learn about conflict resolution, even some basic health and hygiene messaging. And we have implemented this project since 2012 and have had well over 300 children and youth accept Christ um, as a result. Um, really, we've just had uh, countless stories of children and youth who have not only um, been impacted themselves, but really impacted their families as well through the lessons they've learned. Um, we've got examples like a 15-year-old girl princess who not only um, accepted Christ in her own life, but she even led her entire family to know Christ as well. And even after the Ebola outbreak that happened here in 2014-15, um, there was a lot of trauma amongst the children and youth. And through this project and this sport and play, um, many of the children were able to experience some level of healing from the trauma, just interacting with friends um, and really just hearing the message of the gospel and the hope that Jesus brings. Um, even now through the coronavirus pandemic, we've been able to use the program, obviously adapting it so that um, there is no contact and it's a safer way of play. Um, but still working on a curriculum that's called Play Healthy, Stay Healthy and has helped to teach children and youth about just proper hygiene and just minimizing their risk of contracting um, coronavirus, but also other infectious diseases. So really all of this this comes from um, this ball or sports gear, simple sports gear that has been donated and then um, have been then used to facilitate these weekly sport and play sessions with children and youth and then have just been hugely impactful. So, Levi, which programs do you like? A goat. You want to know more about buying a goat? Yeah, why? Because. What can the goat do for a community? Give them food. My name is Robinson, Robinson Masongo. I have served with Samaritan's Pass since 2005. Kenya is a, a country that has about 41 tribes. And, you know, each tribe has uh, a tribal language that they speak. Uh, each tribe has a, a particular culture, the way they do things. Uh, but also the country, I would say, is largely divided into two. Um, but largely, many families would actually be considered wealthy in terms of the livestock that they have. So being, having livestock in your family is actually a status symbol. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can tell someone's economic status by looking at what they have in terms of livestock. So goats are they're very valuable animals to, to many families. First, because goats are easy to rear. They're um, very easy to manage. You don't have to tether them most of the time. You know, they, you can 
free range them and you know they can graze and return home and 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 secondly um goats are an easy uh, income in the home you can easily have you know um sell them and you know have that as school fees or you know meet a, a family need uh, but they are also um we call them browsers they don't necessarily feed on grass they feed on um small bushes you know that are generally found in a in a very dry areas so that's why it's very easy to uh, to keep them the goats we we provide are called the gala goats these are goats that are are very resilient to the climatic conditions here they are very um resistant to diseases and you know providing they and they are typically white in color and many people know these goats as very valuable and so giving this to a farmer especially a poor farmer shows that you know we've given a very valuable uh, uh, thing to someone and and that is very um it speaks about a christian um attitude to people we are giving the very best the farm wow so can you tell me a story or maybe just in the past year how you've seen a family or multiple families affected by receiving a dairy goat i met this lady who so the the, the choice or the selection of a uh, people that receive this code uh, is very interesting because we choose or select people that are very poor and in poor i, I mean i mean uh, people who have very little assets uh, and people who have uh, very little income so i met this woman who um has i think has about six children and she lived in a, a, a village where she had no assets at all in fact the ashes she owned was the house but it was a leaking house it's a gaping roof and she had no goats at all so in our program we provide between 3 to 5 goats female goats uh to a beneficiary and this beneficiary will um will share a male goat in amongst five other beneficiaries when we gave this lady the five goats you know she I didn't see her for about a year or so. When I met her later from five goats, she had 21 goats. And that first of all what it did to her it changed the status. How the community looked at her completely changed. And so we expect that when we give you the goats, if we give you five goats, we expect that you return five goats so that we provide them to another farmer. we use a model called the pass back so this lady was able to repay back her five goats and you know with the number of goats that she had she was able to sell build a house for herself and not be able to pay school fees for her uh, for her children and for me that's a success story that i have witnessed uh, you know in in a in a village each of these projects creates a ripple effect when we give it's not just a one time gift that gift grows and impacts more and more people over time and more importantly it opens the door for Jesus's hope to permeate their lives i love the way that the goat program in particular as robinson mentioned encourages people to give goats back once they've grown their herd most people feel dignified and honored to be able to give back and contribute goats to another family and pay it forward it echoes what the good samaritan talks about in luke 10 when jesus says in verse 37 go and do likewise they get to go and do the same in honor of what has been done for them this year 
my family is giving out gifts towards these projects. We're giving this gift actually to their grandfather. And it's just fun to give a gift in honor of someone this year and know that this gift is going forward to the ends of the earth. So this has been really fun, right? I think we all have a couple people that are hard to buy for, especially your grandpa, right? He's, he's a tough one to shop for, and I think he would appreciate nothing more than for you to pick out a catalog. So which one should we pick out for your grumps? We actually just watched a video of your grandpa explaining the program of the catalog, right? So what do you think grumps would like to get? The goats. The goats? You think so? So Liam, you want to buy a goat in honor of your grandpa, right? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think for, for him, he'll appreciate getting that and knowing that rather than getting him something, we can be giving something to a community and possibly, yeah, it would, it would bless a family, but also a community. Um, it would just bless so many more people. When you look through the catalog and you know the goat appears to be one of those that you see, first of all, you see, the goat provides an opportunity to someone to change their life, to change their life in terms of their economic status, but also to change the life of the people around them. So it's just not affect just one person. It affects the number of people in the family. So that's that's for me one of the first key things at, at someone looking at the at the goat. And then the goat will give, you know, forth or it will give birth to a number of goats, and that can affect generations and generations to come. So you are giving um, milk to a family. You are providing a source of income to a family. You are providing manure for crops, you know, for, for a family. And so you are actually affecting a, quite a number of programs through just giving one goat. And that's what my family is doing this year. We're shopping the Christmas catalog and giving gifts in honor of the people that we love. Gifts start at just $5. And so I encourage you to think and pray about this and look through the catalog to give a specific gift this year. I especially loved seeing the programs that pricked my kids' hearts and the way that they wanted to specifically give in honor of certain family members. I think it truly changed their perspective this year and made them realize it's truly better to give than receive. And I love the way, speaking of giving, that God gave us the greatest gift. You know, we all know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And I remember taking communion the first time um, after having my first child. And I remember I just got so emotional and weepy, holding my baby, taking communion, and understanding for for the greatest, deepest time, the depth of God's love for me, sending his only son for me as I was holding my only child. He gave us the greatest gift that cost him so much. And as we give gifts this year, I urge you to remember the ultimate gift, Jesus. And so wherever you stand, whatever you know, I just encourage you to remember that. And in every Christmas catalog program, the program, the people receiving the gifts, they often ask, why? Why would you give me this gift? Why are you doing this? And the answer is always the gospel. You know, we give because of Jesus, because God gave us His Son, and it's a great way for them to share the gospel. So if you want to give a gift like this this Christmas, it's not too late. You can go online, samaritanspurse.org catalog, and you can see all 37 gifts and, and read their stories and, and be encouraged. And so I encourage you to check that out. It'll also be in our show notes. And thanks again for listening. I hope you truly have a Merry Christmas. God bless you.